0: And now if you'll join with me in reading from God's word, from 1 Kings 18, verses 30 through 39, you can find these verses in the Worship Center Bible on page 300. 1 Kings 18, 30 through 39. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elisha took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two seahs of seed. And he put the wood in order, and he cut the bull in pieces, and he laid it on the wood. And he said fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood and he said do it a second time and they did it a second time and he said do it a third time and they did it a third time and the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water and at the time of the offering of the oblation elijah the prophet came near and said "O lord god of abraham isaac and israel Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, They fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Good morning. Seems a perfectly good Sunday to be preaching on water that overflows out of trenches. This Sunday is an important Sunday because we reach a particular point in the journey that we've been making to answer the question, what will they say about our church 20 years from now? And in this season, we began with that and we looked at the fact that God called people together with Nehemiah and with Ezra and with Haggai and Zechariah to take the burnt stones that Ken talked about and see them built back together into a glorious house for God. That took a great decision on their part. This is a day of decision for us. It was a day of decision and challenge for Elijah there on Mount Carmel. He knew that this particular moment in Israel's history would require something courageous and remarkable from his own faith to step into the gap and call people back to God. He built that altar out of the twelve out of twelve stones representing all the people of Israel, once again people being built together, into a place where where God would be made visible where God's presence would be felt. We can build lots of things, but at the end of the day, the fire has to fall. That's what Adam was talking about when he said, if it's only bricks and stone, then it really doesn't matter. If it's just the stones gathered together and that's all that it is, then it really doesn't matter. But if you build and God answers with fire, then people's hearts come home to the Lord. That's what we're trusting for God to do. That over the years to come, the stones that are built together will be met by prayer that says, Lord, let your fire come and fall. So is anybody is anybody begging for funds? Well, no. Remember, there's begging in the New Testament, but it's not a begging for giving. It's a begging by the people for the opportunity to participate. And so that reminds us today that Really, we're part of something which is deeply prophetic. We're part of a long line of people who've built so the fire would fall. What is really involved in this? Well, let me give you very briefly three words. The first is declaration. Declaration. What happens in a season like this in the church? There's a declaration. This is what we see God doing among us. This is where we sense God leading us. We want to declare this vision of what God is doing. And then secondly, here's a second word, collaboration, collaboration. That's what Steve and Dee were talking about. When Steve talked about that intersection of time and talent and treasure, where we give what God has given to us when we're stewards, not owners, and we take the gifts that he's entrusted to us and we put them in his service. We do it together There are quite literally hundreds of people that have been engaged in this effort to set before us the declaration. So there's a collaboration. And we collaborate together with the resources that God has given us now and over the next few years to see something rise and be built on which fire can fall. And then here's a third word. Invitation. There's an invitation. There's an invitation that's extended to every member of this congregation and all who love this congregation. Some are friends of this congregation. They're not members, they're relatives, they're friends. They love this church and they love what God has done and will do through this church. And it's an invitation that's extended to people to come and join together in the accomplishment of what God will do here. And that's why we have to answer that question. About 20 years from now. We've said that what we do now, the decisions that we make now, shape the answer to that question. There have been many such decisive moments in Israel's history. There was a decisive moment for a young mother who took a baby boy and put him in a basket and floated him out into the Nile and watched him go. What would God do? That little baby boy grew up and he faced a moment of decision. He was leading Israel and there was the Red Sea and there was Pharaoh's army. They looked trapped. It was desperate. Stretch your rod out, Moses. Stretch it out. And he stretched it out. That was a point of decision. There was a point of decision with a young couple named Joseph and Mary. Would they entrust themselves to the call of God? There was a point of decision for one of my favorite apostles, Peter. You were singing about him earlier, about walking on the waves. You know, Peter gets it in the neck quite a bit about Peter got out of the boat and he began to sink. I think it's amazing the guy got out of the boat. Peter walked. Yeah, he began to sink and Jesus picked him up and they walked back to the boat. I don't think anybody in the boat was going, yeah, great, he began to sink. I think they all gave him a high five as he got back in. There comes a point of decision where you walk out on the water. And for us, that's about answering the question, what do we look like 20 years from now? What does the next pastor 20 years from now hear about what this church means? And to answer that question, it's important for us to go back 20 years. To help me do that, I want to ask my, my good friend and colleague here, natalina marlowe to come and wrap this up for me this morning Uh, natalina marlowe is a prophetess and the reason i say that is because she's in charge of communication so all of the stuff that happens with web and bulletins and print and banners and everything else the word of the lord she gets that stuff done and she's a wonderful bible teacher too and we are so thankful for you bless you natalie tell us what happened
2: green. Yes. Yes. Even without a mic. All right. Yes. I'm Natalina. And, um, I, I do the communications here and work with C3 women. Um, but I also get to volunteer with our students. Um, which is, which is wonderful. I, I really, um, I look forward every summer to going to camp with them and I have an incredible D group. Um, that I meet with each week of sixth grade girls and, um, I love our students. Um, I, I love spending time with them. It's a really neat time in someone's life to be getting to know them as they're kind of getting to know themselves too. And um they're they're asking a lot of those questions like where do I fit and what is my purpose and um what can I trust? And we see the world lining up to answer those questions for them with lies which is why we also know that it's really important to surround them with adults who can help point them to the real place where they can find answers to their questions, to the one who they can trust, to the only one um, who defines their purpose. And it's been really important for me to be part of the mission here to our students. One, because they're awesome and it's really fun to hang out with middle schoolers. I think I have a lot of similar interests as them. Um, also because i see that this is how the lord pursues his children um and also because i've experienced it um student ministry is how the lord pursued me before um before i graduated high school i'm a nashville native uh, i went to an all-girls school in nashville and a student from another school Im- invited me to a youth winter camp um Apparently, at that time, uh, Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville and Christ Community Church did some youth group things together and they put on this weekend winter camp together. Um, but, you know, I didn't know anything about those churches at that time because I didn't go to church. And, uh, even though registration had already happened, um, I met one of the leaders and they offered me, um, a person who they didn't even know. They offered me a spot to go. They even offered me a scholarship. And I remember all of this really startling me. Um, like, they were really serious about, like, finding me a, a, a bed, a bunk bed, about finding me a place to go. So I went. Um, I climbed on board a bus surrounded by a bunch of students who I didn't know, who lived in places that I had never heard of, like Cottonwood. And what what happened that weekend is really bigger than I could talk about, bigger than I have time to tell, but all of those, um, a lot of those big questions, it, that's where I started hearing answers. There was an exhaustion um, just from years of trying to fix or at least quiet that deep lack of assurance that was inside of me. And that's why hearing, hearing the words, it is finished really overwhelmed me. I was, I was startled, um, apprehended and rescued by a love that was bigger than I ever could have imagined. That weekend I heard the gospel for the first time for a man who I see here on Sundays, who I think is probably sitting over there. I think that's their, their section, but, um, And I was in I put my trust in Jesus I gave my life to him And he has been Transforming me That obviously that moment changed my Forever everything But he's been transforming me ever since So the The theme of why I'm talking to you all today Is that if you want someone to be this church's Communications director in 2038 You need to invest in your students right now Um no, no, the, the truth is that people who committed to to committed to discipling the next generation back then adults who invested in and prayed for and financially supported student ministry, they said yes to what the Lord was doing. And I'm I'm just one grateful recipient. There was also a very handsome young man at the camp that weekend also sitting over there because he became my husband. Um, we didn't meet that weekend at the camp. We actually met later. But um, then we became parents. And last summer, our son took communion for the first time at this table. So I I hope you see that the words of my story, of, of, of that front row story, is they're words that this community started writing 20 years ago. And now Pastor Cassidy has been asking us what words are we writing today that will become the stories told in 20, 30, and 50 years of lives and, and of generations transformed by the gospel. There are, um, there are a lot of plans and, and drawings and you can learn a lot about what all those plans are in the books and, and, and in the, uh, crossover out there. But, but more than anything, for me, rise and build is, an opportunity here is an opportunity for us to open the doors a little bit wider and watch God work. So Cassie's going to talk a little bit more about this. Thank you.
1: Bless you, Natalie. How great. So for all of us there's we're kind of in one of three places this morning members, let me talk to members guests. Bear with me for just a moment. Members, we're in one of three places. Either we, we've prayed about this and we came this morning, we know what we're going to do. All right, we got it. Or secondly, you prayed about it and you thought you knew what you were going to do. And now sitting here this morning, you're thinking, wow, is that right? Or should it be higher? I'm your pastor. It's the higher number. Okay, I just want you to know. Okay, I just, just wanted to help you in your prayers on that. Or maybe the third group, no clue, no clue. I don't know. But whether you know or you're being nudged or no clue, we need to pray. Let's do that. And we'll commit ourselves to the Lord. Lord, we're yours, body and soul. All we have, all we are, all we'll ever be is from you. It is from your hand we give to you. So would you please guide us in these next moments as we ponder how to commit ourselves, how to write the stories now that will tell the stories 20 years from now. Help us to make these commitments in faith and in the fear of God to with Peter step out of the boat, with Elijah to pile up the rocks and pour on the water and wait for the fire. Lord, would you help us to do that now? Would you just take a moment and quiet your soul before God? Lord, direct our steps in Jesus' name. Amen.